9, in verse number 6, I was praying. And I said, now, Lord, we got a lot of singing, and uh, we've got a lot of singing in the program. Now, I need something short and sweet. And he said, yeah, right. Amen. I don't know what he meant by that, but uh, I guess he thinks I'm too long-winded, I, I, I reckon. Uh, so he, he gave me something sweet, and I, I want to share this with you, and then they're going to sing a couple more, I think, or one more. Uh, uh, I want them to sing that glory song again. That done something for me. Now, I tell you, I enjoyed the fire out of that. And we better get it today or we ain't going to never hear it again. Amen? Uh, Isaiah chapter 9, in verse number 6. When you get there, say amen. amen. It says, For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful. Wonderful, wonderful. Counselor, the mighty God. Y'all feeling a little shouting coming on? The everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of His government and peace, there shall be no end. And upon the throne of David and upon His kingdom to order it. And to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth, even forever. Ever. And then the Bible says this. What a great sentence to, to finish up with. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. What does it mean? When God gets excited about something, it's going to happen. I like getting excited. I like getting people motivated. I, I, I love motivating people. I like uh, getting people pumped up and fired up. I like acting, uh, you know, and getting people encouraged about a ministry. We had a great time uh, Friday night uh, talking about the in-house care ministry. And, man, we were bouncing ideas off and, and, and getting excited. And, 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 listen, one way to get somebody to do something is get them encouraged and excited about doing it. If I'm not, I don't get excited about washing dishes. I need a witness. I don't get excited about taking out the garbage. That doesn't do anything for me. It encourages the fire out of Tammy, but it don't do anything for me. But when I get excited about something, Bubba, it's going to happen. And what this verse says is the excitement. God is some kind of excited about coming down and ruling on this earth. It says the zeal of the Lord will perform this. How do you know it's going to happen? Because God wants it to happen. How do you know it's going to happen? Because God is excited about making this happen here on this earth. Church, say amen. amen. Lord, help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You're going to have to listen fast because I'm going to have to talk fast. Amen. There's three things I want you to see in this verse. You've probably heard it. I've even mentioned it in other times of preaching this, other times of uh, 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 bringing this thought out. I've never preached it in one whole outline. I've usually used it in an introduction. But in this particular uh, verse of Scripture, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. There's three things about Christ that we see in this particular verse. And the first thing is Christ and the cradle. Christ and the cradle. Then we see Christ and the cross. It says, unto us a son is given. But then we see Christ and the crown. Amen? And the government shall be upon his shoulder. You can put it that way or you can put, we see the cradle that held him, the cross that hung him, and the crown that honored him. Amen? Either way you want to write it down, it doesn't really matter to me. But let me give you a few thoughts, short 
and sweet. Say that with me. How many of y'all believe that can happen? Okay. Okay. I hate all of y'all. Amen. Y'all tagging up with the Lord. Amen. All right. Quickly. Short and sweet. Number one. Let's look at Christ and the cradle. You know, it's amazing. God could have come in any way, shape, or form. God could have come in any way possible. You know, if, if we was to announce to the world that God was coming down to be with us... God was coming down to, to, to invade the earth and become part of humanity. Man, they'd be having parties in New York. They'd go to the biggest city, go to the best place, and put on a welcome party. But when God chose to come to this earth, He didn't come in a palace. He didn't come in a hospital. He didn't come in the best that man had to offer. He came in a lowly manger. He came to a lowly people. And when He sent out the birth announcement, He didn't send it to the kings and listen to higher up he sent it to lowly shepherds what does that mean Jesus cares about the poor Jesus cares about the lowly he is listen there is no classes in heaven I'm glad when you get there it doesn't matter how you started out it's how you finish up I'm glad there's not the other side of the track in heaven I'm glad when you get there we all are going to be the same I need a witness I'm starting to believe y'all about that short and sweet. He came in a cradle. He came in a manger. He came in human form to be what we needed him to be. Why did he come in a cradle? Write this down. Hey, he came. He came to identify with man's suffering. He came to identify with man's suffering. The Bible said for unto us. A child is born. There are some folks that when I'm counseling, there's some folks when I'm encouraging, I can't tell them I know how you feel. I do not know how it feels to lose a child. I do not know how it feels to lose a spouse. I do not know how it feels for a lot of things to happen. I can't tell them in all honesty and look across my desk and say, I understand how you feel. But God came and became who we are to go through what we go through. So the Bible can say, we have a high priest in heaven who feels what we feel, who knows what we know. He's gone through it. He can understand. He can relate to our suffering. He can feel our feelings. When he went in there, listen, when they were weeping and wailing over, listen, over Lazarus, the Bible said he walked into that room and Jesus wept. What was he saying? He wasn't weeping because he died. He wasn't weeping because he thought he had lost him because in just a few moments he was going to go and bring him back. He was weeping so they would know he was relating to them. Yes, give him praise. We have a priest in heaven, Jesus Christ, who feels what we feel. He came and experienced life 33 years on this earth. He came and experienced hunger. He came and experienced pain. He came and experienced the death of a loved one. He came and experienced all these things. So one day he could stroll, oh, hallelujah. He could stand up in heaven and represent me before the king. See, his job is not over. When he died on the cross, that did not finish his responsibility. Listen, when he rose again, that did not stop his job. No, sir. The Bible said he's sitting on the right hand of the Father. What's he doing up there? He 
hey, 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 he is representing me. He is my advocate. He's my lawyer in heaven. When the adversary comes, listen, when the accuser of the brethren, he comes, God represents me. Listen, Christ in the cradle. Why did he come that way? To identify with man's suffering. Say that with me. To identify with The Bible says in Hebrews 4.15, For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but, when, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Say amen. He came in the cradle not only to identify with man's suffering, but to intercede as man's substitute. As man's substitute. I about had a fit right here. You can't hardly tell, can you? Hebrews chapter 2 in verse number 9 says, But we see Jesus. That's who we all need to see. The ACLU needs to get a good glimpse of him. Hey, all these Muslim fanatics need to get a good glimpse of Jesus. The Bible says, but we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that by the grace of God should taste death for every... For the wages of sin is... In other words, the payment, the the, the repercussions of sin is death. Somebody messed up. Somebody had to die. Man sinned. Man had to die. Listen, the, 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 the cost and the payment has to equal, the, pen, the penalty has to equal the sin. Are y'all with me? If a man sinned, a man had to pay. Jesus came and became man. He became the one who messed up. He took upon him the form of a servant. Took upon him the form of mankind. He became a man so he could stand in my place. He was not just dying for me. He was dying instead of me. He was the substitute. He died so I didn't have to. I need a witness. Amen. Christ. And the cradle. Number two. See? Quick. You see that? Quick. Number two. What was number one? Number two. It says, unto us, the son was given. Isn't it amazing how the terminology, why didn't he just say unto us a baby was given? Because you got to understand he was somebody's. <laughs> He belonged to somebody. Unto us a son is given. I wondered about that. I said, God, what, what about that? He said in Romans 5, 8, But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. There's two, there's two words there, God and Christ. I believe it's talking about God the Father and God the Son. It says God commendeth. The word commendeth means to put on display. How many of y'all know actions speak louder than words? Talk is... Jesus didn't... Listen, God the Father didn't just tell you, Hey, I love you. He said, let me show you how much I love you. He took what was most precious... To him and gave it for you. 
But God commendeth. God put his love on display. What do we see when we see Christ on the cross? We see a display of God's affection. A display of God's affection. Listen, God told you. God proved it. And he gave what was most precious to him to show you how much he loves you. Christ in the cross is a display of his affection. Then be. He, he, listen, he hung on a cross to deliver the afflicted. The Bible says this, For God so loved the world. How I many of y'all glad? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not but have what? Everlasting life. Christ in the cradle. Christ in the cross. He hung on a cross so I didn't have to. He hung on a cross so I could have life. He hung on a cross so I could make it to heaven. The cross was the worst, Brother David, the worst that man had to offer. But on the other hand, the cross was the best that God had to offer. (laughs) Man said, this is what we think of you. And God said, me too. He said, this is how much I love you. My most prized possession. Brother Dave, you got a row full of boys there. And I would, I would, I would venture to say, I could bet, I'm not going to, but I could promise you could take a bullet for any one of them, couldn't you? Without, without even hesitation. Yet Jesus, God gave His only begotten Son. Not for a Boy Scout. Not for a Nobel Peace Prize winner. We know that's a joke anyhow. Not for the best of society. But God gave him up for the worst of society. Church, say amen. Number one. Come on, y'all. See, I'm going fast. Y'all slow. Help me. Number one. Number two. Number three. Christ. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. (laughs) Thank God. The Democrats and the Republicans have had it long enough. Now we're not going to get into no political debate. I can say this. As long as man's in charge, it's messed up. I could care less. I could care less if you're a Democrat or Republican. It doesn't really matter to me. I could care less what party or whether you're an independent uh, or who do you think is going to be the best for the job. As long as a man is in charge, it's messed up. We have cried for peace. We have begged for peace. We have done everything in this world to bring about 
harmony, no war. I hate war. I hate where our fellows are at right now. I hate it with a passion. I hate it that there's daddies that's not going to be at the Christmas tree this year. I hate that. I hate that families are separated the way they are. But do you know what? That is just a sign of who we are as people. It is a sign of the curse that is upon this earth. And as long as the Prince of Peace is not, listen, He is not present in the earth, there will be no peace in this earth. But there's coming a day. It says, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. Say amen. amen. Put that verse up there so we can all read that, Brother Barnes. Look in here in verse number 7. I believe it's verse number 7. It says this. Of the increase, of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. What about the crown? We know the cross. We know the cradle. It's, it's amazing to me how many Christians can be so affiliated and so familiar with the cradle and the Bethlehem and that little baby born. And listen, we're so familiar with the cross. We have Christmas and we have Easter, but we forget many times that one day that same Jesus, one day the Prince of Peace who they crucified and hung on an old rugged cross, He's coming back. He's coming back. And it ain't going to be the same way that he came the first time. He's coming and wearing many crowns, giving praise and glory in his house. The crown that Jesus will wear is nothing more than a fulfillment of promise. The Bible says in 2 Samuel chapter 7, and thine house, he's talking to David through the prophet Nathan, and thine house and thy kingdom shall be established forever before thee. Thy throne shall be established forever. According to all these words and according to all this vision did Nathan speak unto David. What is he saying? He was looking at the king of Israel. He was looking at a man after God's own heart. He was looking at the sweet psalmist of Israel. He was looking at David who loved the Lord and followed the Lord. Yep, he made mistakes but his heart was after God. I'm glad that, listen, even though he made mistakes just like me and you will, he had enough of God in him to make it right when he was confronted with it. But the Bible said, your kingdom will be forever and ever and ever and if you'll go through the genealogies in Matthew and through the genealogies in Luke you'll find out that Jesus came from the loins of King David hallelujah even from Bathsheba what's that mean God is a second chance God we may mess up but God can change things around that's a whole nother message but the whole purpose of that crown and Jesus wearing that crown and him sitting on the throne of his father David. Listen, he, listen that is a promise that's fulfilled by God. It's not only represents a promise fulfilled, but I want you to see it represents a peaceful future. One day, we ain't going to need no tanks. One day, we won't need body armor. One day, we won't need jets to drop bombs. One day, we won't need nuclear weapons. One day, when He comes. The Bible says this. Luke chapter 2, verse 13. And suddenly... There was with an angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, 
Glory to God. Say that with me. Glory to God. No, say it like you mean it. Glory to God. Say it like you got some soul. Glory to God in the highest. And on earth. And on earth. Good will toward men. Isn't that what we want? Isaiah chapter 2. This talks about the millennial reign. The Bible says that Jesus is going to come in bodily form. Listen, he's going to walk, oh, hallelujah. He's going to walk right down. Listen, he's going to come and, and set foot on the Mount of Olives and walk into Jerusalem and sit upon his throne. And he's going to rule this whole world with a rod of iron. He's going to rule it in peace and harmony. Say amen right there. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 2, and it begins to describe this period of time. He shall judge among the nations and shall rebuke many people. And they shall beat their swords into plowshares. That's their weapons of war. Instead of fighting, they're going to be planting. Say amen. And their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation. Neither shall they learn war anymore. Isaiah eleven six says, The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb. And the leopard shall lie down with the kid. And the calf and the young lion and the fatling together. And a little child shall lead them. And the cow and the bear shall feed. Their young ones shall lie down together. The lion shall eat straw like an ox. And the sucking child shall play on the hole of the asp. And the winged child shall put his hand on the cockatrice den. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain. For the earth oh hallelujah, the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Can you imagine a world with no war? Can you imagine a war? Listen, that, that, that songwriter, that, that listen, that hell-filled songwriter said, can you imagine a world without religion? Can you imagine a world without God, can, I can't even imagine it. Yes, I can. That's where we're at right now. We're living in a world that's godless. We're living in a world and a society that doesn't care anything about God. It's an anti-Christ society. They're trying to shut Christians up and put them in a closet. But I'm here to tell you, one day the trumpet's going to sound. One day we're going to be taken out of here. And another day, seven years later, Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the Prince of Peace, the Mighty God, the Wonderful, the Counselor, hey, He's coming back and He will rule for a thousand thousand years on this earth with Satan tied up. Say amen. amen. Give him praise. <laughs> and then there shall be peace. Peace. No suicide bombers. No planes flying into buildings. No fear. No death. Christ and the cradle. Christ and the cross. Brother Kenneth, he received the cradle and accepted the cross so one day he could wear the crown. Give God praise and glory. Amen.